Welcome to this week's episode of Time Added On. We're back after a Forest win, and what a win it was as well. 2-0 at home to Villa, an all-round superb performance. Much needed three points for Forest. We'll look back at the game as well as looking ahead to a trip to West Ham next Sunday. Tom, welcome to the pod. We're back to our normal slot Monday night. What a time to be alive. Things feel much, much better this week, don't they? We enjoyed that one yesterday. Yeah, it's amazing what three points can do, eh? It's amazing what three <laughs> points can do. A bit of bonfire action, a bit of Halloween, three Fireworks. Points. It was a bonkers week. Absolute right bonkers the, week. Right on the road to Christmas. The festivities begin. Don't get me started with that. Don't get me started. Oh, I am a well real now. change in tone there. <laughs> it was. I've gone serious. Now I'm well up for Christmas now. I must admit, we had Christmas songs on the radio at the weekend. It was too much oh, for dear, me. That's too but, early. <laughs> gone, gone early, but Halloween, tick. Bonfire night, tick. We're on the running. We're very much on the running from the fixtures point of view. I was looking at this. Obviously, West Ham away coming up, international break. And then Forest have got a fine run right up until Christmas. It's uh, I love this time of year. I love Christmas anyway. But festive football, it's going to feel proper good this year because obviously we missed it last year because that stupid World Cup that they had on. But it, it didn't feel right, did it, Christmas last year without football in the build-up? I'm really, I'll tell you what game I'm really looking forward to. Bournemouth at home, 23rd of December. It's got all the hallmarks of an absolute classic, that one. It's going to be a, it's going to be a good one. We've got some good, some big games in that run as well, haven't we? So You just like Christmas, you get your small children to put on a bloody feast on Christmas Eve before actually coming down and sort of Christmas presents. That's what you yeah, exactly. exactly. Oh, yeah, Santa Claus would like this, Santa Claus would like that. Anyway, yeah. too much Christmas chat already. We're only, uh, we're only just past bonfire night. But let's bring it back. Let's talk about the game yesterday. There's a lot to unpack. Um, I'm gonna talk, we're going to talk about West Ham, as I say, as well, because we are looking forward to that one. We always look forward to to when we play them, given location-wise where we are in the world. But let's talk about Villa. We knew that this one coming into it, mixed bag, wasn't it, in terms of people that were thinking Forrest would get a result. We knew it was going to be tough. Villa are obviously a really, really good side. Emery, Emery's got them playing some brilliant stuff, doing really well in Europe. They're free-flowing, attacking options that Villa have. And... Um, didn't really transpire yesterday. Forest were absolutely superb from from minute one. Just give us your, I suppose, to kick us off, thoughts on the overall performance and on the result. Yeah, no, brilliant. I mean, yeah, going into it, it is a tough, tough game on paper yeah. at the end of the day. Like you can't deny it. Like people sit there and go, "Oh, are there your dartles and all that?" But at the end of the day, you can only look at what's in front of you in terms of the quality of the opposition. I mean, best goalkeeper in the world award and a, and a striker that's on fire. And, and and they've been playing some good stuff under a, under a really good coach, an underrated coach. And um, and, and they're, they're flying high like towards that top end of the table. So on paper, it is, it is a tough game. I think, you know, was that a... Um, on form Aston Villa side, you know, in comparison to some of the games that we've seen so far this season, no. But or I'm also keen not to undermine how well Forest performed and nullifies the threat that Aston Villa have, because I think you know another team, another day, another team would have potentially crumbled, regardless of whether Aston Villa were firing on all cylinders or not. So I thought it was a really good performance all around from Forest. I thought. Um, they did exactly, particularly first half for me, I thought they did exactly, um, you know, that the tactics were set up right and mm. um, and they did exactly what, what the coach had asked for them and the head coach had asked for them. 
Forest were causing trouble for them, weren't they? They were, they were getting in and behind. Obviously, I, I lost count how many times Forest were offside in that first half. I think Forest were offside yeah. totality. It was double figures, wasn't it? It was, it was in mm. the sevens, eights, maybe in the first half. I'm not quite sure. But there was a lot of offsides. A couple of them were quite dubious as well, um, which, you know, was, was testament really to, to the fact that, you know, with a one-year with Gibbs-White trying to thread balls through, Sangari was trying to play the through ball, and, and Alanga as well, you know, he, he started off really well, Alanga, in the first half, and he, and he was causing them problems, and obviously created uh, the first goal alongside Harry Toffolo in terms of that break down the left-hand side. They, they built up quite the understanding yesterday afternoon, and, and I think that was, it, it was, it was, yeah, as you say, it was brilliant in terms of getting in behind Villa, but really taking the game to him and I think yeah you, you talked about that a lot's been said we, we talked about the pod last week didn't we about the low block like what does the low block mean but if we talk about making it you know getting bodies behind the ball making it making it hard for people to get past you making it tough for the opposition that's what Forrest ultimately did in that second half so they were I'd say they weren't quite free flowing but they were attacking in that first half they took the game to Villa they got the first goal. They they were positive after that as well. They looked to go and get the second goal whilst remaining solid. And then in the second half, after they got the second goal so early on, it was a case of not quite shutting the shop up and, and going because I think Forrest still had a couple of chances to get a third goal. But they looked very organised, very solid. And I thought just all round in terms of the game management, slowing the game down. We saw Vlacodemos a few times, just take his time on restarts, etc. It was almost, you know, game management, I'd say, was perfect. And I think if we just talk about Steve Cooper for a minute, there was a lot of pressure. Although maybe there was a lot of pressure, that might be a bit OTT, but the pressure was starting to ramp up a little bit on Steve Cooper. We saw articles come out in the week, didn't we, last week? John Percy did one on Friday, talking about how the owners were going to be at the game on Sunday, and there's an expectation that Forrest is to progress. And, you know, we've talked at length about potentially what our owners' aspirations are for the season. But the narrative starts to build up, and obviously the results haven't necessarily been what we would want at home. And obviously, you know, the Luton game was a prime example of just pure frustration and a lot of unhappiness after that one. But the pressure was on him. And I think he's come out and to set his team up the way he did and to be brave and to get a performance level that, that Steve Cooper's got. He does it time and time again. But he took a lot of stick after that Luton game. And he, I think he put his hands up himself and said that he got it wrong. Obviously, the players on the pitch got it wrong. But he shouldered a lot of that blame. I would say... In reverse, he needs to take a lot of the credit for the way that Forrest went about that. Because not only after Luton, you know, they had the huge disappointment of Luton. Then they go to Liverpool and get done free at Liverpool, which, you know, we said on the pod last week, we, we kind of expected. Liverpool are, are a brilliant side, certainly Anfield. But then after those two disappointing weekends, to come and serve that up this, this week, real testament to how Steve Cooper's organised those players, the work he's done on the training ground. But just all round, I think everything worked for him yesterday. The subs he made, the team selection, he got it spot on. Perfect day for Steve Cooper. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think I liked the way that he came out and admitted he got it wrong against Luton because he did. Um, but I also liked, you know, I don't think he meant it in this way himself because yeah, I don't think he's that kind of person. But afterwards coming out saying tactically we knew this and we knew that. And I liked the fact that, I don't think he meant it at the forefront of his mind, but I almost think subconsciously maybe there was a little bit of, of, of a you know 
pat on the back to himself in, in some respects. You know what I mean, because I think he does deserve that. You know, he's, he's made the errors and he wants to make amends. And I think that's important to him. And I think he did make amends. Look, there'll always be pressure on him. I think there's this kind of under underlining feeling that, that you know, may, you know we, there's a reputation of the owners, right? And also maybe this feeling of maybe they'll want to get a name or, or someone fancy. Uh, at, at some point, not that, and that's not what I'm saying that I want or that you want or that any of the fans want necessarily, but there'll always be that that feeling because I think it, it's modern day football, whether it's about our mm-hmm. owners or not. But as long as Forest are winning games and hovering about a position that we find we want to be in or, or expecting to be in, then he'll be he'll be okay. Yeah, I it's it's I think he probably is, and it, and it's just. Talk and pure speculation, and, and and you know sometimes it's to write it's just to fill column inches when column inches need filling. I think Marinakis has got this. Yeah, there's no. Yeah, he does. He does change managers at Olympiacos, but actually, I think a lot of the narrative coming out last week was around how Marinakis wants to be patient. He's shown patience, and and hopefully he continues to do so because I think the job that Steve Cooper's doing is is outstanding and. It's interesting, right? Because obviously we said on the pod, you know, coming into when we previewed the Villa game last week, we said, didn't we, that potentially this is a game that Forest fancy because they're not great at home when they've got to break down opposition. When when teams come and sit ten in against Forest as Luton did, they're not fantastic at breaking those teams down. When they come up against a, a, an opposition of better quality, and those p- players go toe to toe with Forest, that creates a little bit more space. It gives the players a little bit more freedom. Maybe a little bit more focus as well. I'm not saying that there was a, a, um, a, a going into losing and they expected to win, but they would have known they were going to be in for a hell of a, a, a tough afternoon. I just remember that sharpened the focus and sharpened the mind a touch. But they were they were brilliant, and yeah, fair play to Steve Cooper. It was um, it was an absolutely it was an absolutely brilliant afternoon for him tactically. He got it absolutely spot on. In terms of the team lineup, that we you know there was a lot of speculation leading up to the game about. Who he'll pick in goal? What changes will he implement? You know, whether there be a change in midfield, etc. Whether Big T will be back up top. In the end, the main obviously the main shout was Blakodomos Odysseys, whatever you want to call. You know, whichever whichever name you go with. Him, he came in for for Turner. Didn't really have a huge amount to do uh, yesterday. I think the the back four marshaled it really well, as did the the midfield three, but. He looked assured. The things that he did do, he did well. He claims, he, you know, he, he claimed a couple of crosses really well. He'll have more. He'll have more difficult afternoons. Potentially, he's got one coming up away at West Ham at the weekend. But he looked assured. He was, there was a calmness about him. His distribution was pretty good as well. So, look, he'll be pleased with his debut, with it being a clean sheet and all. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I think um, that was the the big decision and the big talking point of the week coming into it, weren't it? It was was. You know, a lot of people saying it's the right time. I mean, I liked Steve Cooper's interview where he said afterwards mm. it's not about um, trying to slate someone and dropping them um, for the mistakes they've made. It's, But, you know, also before the match, he said it felt like the right time. I think probably more to do with not trying to single out the, the error at Liverpool, but maybe just saying there's, there's just a bit of work we want to do overall with Matt Turner. Um, and that this, you know, if there was a time to bring... Look at him, I'm saying it, it was this week. Um, you know, give him an opportunity to show what he's about, given he's not been given that opportunity since he joined the club right towards the end of the window. So it was a feeling that we all had, and I, I think it was the right call. Um, 
and and I think he performed very well. I think, uh, yeah, mm. I agree with you. You know, there wasn't an awful lot for him to do, but when he was called upon, he did what he needed he did to it. do. Yeah. His distribution was there, um, and he will now keep his place, I'd imagine, um, for for the upcoming games. And as you said before, as you touched on before, there's there's a good run of games coming up in terms of um, how important they are, how they might suit Forest. An interesting run of games, if you like. So it's a pivotal period for, for Forest season. And I think um, he, he now has to perform in, the, in that period of time. And uh, he's, he's not, he didn't put a foot wrong in, in that game yeah. against Villa. The only other couple then, so near, so Forrest reverted to a back four for this one. We speculated, we thought he may he may do, but given the potential injuries up, up, up top, which didn't materialise with a one year being back, he obviously reverted back to to a back four. Near Carter keeping his place at the expense of of Bolly. I'm going to put my hands up here. Potentially one of the worst shouts you will ever hear on a, a podcast or pure speculation of uh, of me potentially suggesting that Steve Cooper would uh, bench Murillo, which uh, absolute pure stupidity. And I apologise to, to all listeners yeah, for that one. Oh, bonkers! But um, near Carter over Bolly, you weren't surprised when we saw the team sheet yesterday for this one. You you were you were more than happy. I must admit, I'm a big fan of near Carter. I think he's got a lot to offer. I don't think we've seen the best of him. I do think he was his best performance in a Forest shirt yesterday. I think there's more to come from him, um, not just from his throw-ins as well. But were you, in, in terms of Bolly harsh on Bolly to lose his place, or, or do you think this has been coming? No, I, I'm actually surprised. He, he's kind of um, he's been as highly talked upon as he has so far this season. I think he's put in some good performances. Do not get me wrong, but I also think there's been times where. People haven't really picked up on on mistakes he's made, and maybe that's down to the fact he's got a younger centre half next to him in certain games, and uh, or maybe it's just this kind of general um, feeling of well, you know, he's come in, he's done a decent job. We're not expecting the world. He's done well in games. I'm not really sure what it is to be honest. Maybe I'm being harsh, but I, I wasn't that surprised to see him dropped. I also think Niakate has done well. The problem with Niakate has been he's not. He's, he's never a had a very long run of games. Yeah. Um, yeah. If he can now have a long run of games and play like he did against it, because in my personal opinion, you know, Murillo got um, you know very highly spoken about. You know, obviously got man of the match. Um, but I thought Sky Sports got it right in giving Niakate man of the match. Mm, I thought he was fantastic. Um, you know, Murillo's got that kind of um, technical edge about him and, and, and does some of the nicer things on the eye really well. I, I think Murillo's fantastic, by the way, but I just thought yesterday Nia Carte deserved, deserved that mm. man of the match for doing things that I, I would expect a centre-back to do playing for Nottingham Forest. So, um, yeah, I mean, I was happy to be back in the team. And for me, those two centre-backs now are are a staple to this to this starting eleven. Um I know it's one game. Look, if if Nick Arty has an absolute shocker at West Ham, then I'm sure I'll be slightly going, oh bring Bolly back in. I've always always loved him. But um, you know, those two are are comfortably for me, you know, probably two of Forest's best centre backs that they've got in that squad. We've already spoken about Chris on the pod. It's far too early to be talking about the January window, but Forrest obviously being heavily linked with, with almost completing the deal for, is it Nino? 
um, from from Brazil, another centre half. So it's going to be interesting that 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 centre back pairing, isn't it? But Forest do look like they're going to favour a back four more than not um, this season. So it's going to be two from a, a well seven, I think, currently. If, if my memory serves me right in terms of the options that Steve Cooper has available, but yeah, I hundred percent agree. I think Nia Carty, as I say, we're yet to see the best of him. And that partnership looks like it could be a good one if we can keep Nia Carty fit. Uh, and he, he, you know, they they worked really well yesterday. I think they complemented each other really well. Um, so long may that continue. And, and yeah, look, I, I think Body's done a job for us. I think he's done a really good job. I think he's solid. He's steady. He's a good player to have in the squad. He's a good bloke to to have on the bench to be able to bring on and that, use that Premier League experience to close certain games down. I don't know if you oh, can yeah, knock that. There's a, yeah, there's a spot still, there for Bolly. But... Yeah, I still I still appreciate Bolly in terms of what he brings to the team. I just think, you know, there's been times at the start of this season where he he needs to hold his hands up a little bit yeah. in terms of some of the space he made. Look, if we're dropping players, you know, like a Matt Turner or whatever for 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 the mistakes they've made, then in my personal opinion, the, the dropping of Willie Bolly was, was just... Yeah. I mean, that's fair. And then bigger one, you back. I mean, that was huge for Forrest, wasn't it, yesterday? When you saw that team sheet, what what Taiwo brings to that side, he just gives you an extra dimension. And I, and I think we saw that in the first, saw that in the second, saw, we saw that in the build-up to the second goal, particularly. You know, he, he's not really renowned for it, but he, you know, he was strong. He held the ball. Well, it gives Forrest a focal point. He's pivotal, isn't he, to the success that Forrest had both first and second half. It was great to see him back and, Again, if we can get a run of games out of Taiwo, we can keep him fit up until that Christmas, you know, into the winter break, then that's going to be huge for Forrest because obviously there's no one there that you know to help support him at the minute. Obviously, with both Wood and Origi out. So Forrest are going to have to manage him, manage him well. But it's not like the Championship where you obviously have to play Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday. So hopefully Forrest can do that on the training pitch because I think he's just, he's so important to Forrest. He really is. Uh, and I think with him in the side, getting him a run of games, getting back on on the score sheet, that could have a really positive impact for Forrest in this uh, in this next run of games post the international break. Yeah, he's he's, he's the anchor. I said anchor mm. up top. Risky. You know, you know, up top he, he is so pivotal. I mean, look, there's no surprise that the best striker in any any team is so so important to to the team. But I think for me, it is that. He is so he just brings something so different to the rest of the players that Forrest you know have available in that period and 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 he brings out the best of those other players around him because they they love playing with him so much and and what he can bring whether that's him getting the ball holding up and passing it off or whether that is the fact he picks up the ball and he just batters defenders <laughs> and ties them out and and then you've got a, an Alanga or Hudson Odoi when he's fit or a Gibbs White who can pick up the ball and maybe do something a little bit different with it. You know, he is so, so important. And look, like I said, it's not rocket science. It's not rocket science that he is, you know, one of Forest's most important players. But I think we have seen the difference between a Forest team without him and a difference with him in it. And whether, you know, whether he gets a goal or assist or whatever isn't that important in some games. Obviously, we want him to shed loads of goals. I mean, bring them on. But, you know, it's what he brings to, to, you know the wider team and and just knocking defenses off off of their stride. I think probably defenses look at that and go, "God, he's a pain." You know, in yeah. comparison to maybe some of the other players they'll they'll come up against, he, he's a pain to, to play against. It's not even yeah, you you are, you are, it's his mere presence 
causes problems for defenders, especially yesterday for Villa when they're looking to play that higher line. They were walking a very, very, you know, they were walking a tightrope there. If you've got, you, know, you, you looked across, and you, you had a Langer and a one you're looking to pounce. It was, they were causing real trouble. And, and, and I think it's just that mere presence just really gives teams something to think about. And I think, you know, again, if we can get Hudson Adoy back in fit and you can, you know, you can utilize Hudson Adoy and a Langer and rotate those guys. Forrest look, have got, a, 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 they've got, Good options up top. It's just about keeping them all fit and getting them on the pitch. As I thought, I thought the first goal that Forrest scored yesterday was really summed up what's good about this team at the moment. In terms of, I actually think even before the goal, Forrest were causing Villa problems left, right, and centre. They were springing up in different pockets and they were breaking. And I thought Alanga was really lively, particularly that first half. I thought. Anthony Alanga was, was was brilliant. Second half, I think he tired a little bit and I think he probably got a little bit frustrated in the way that, that Forrest obviously then went about business. But I thought they were brilliant. And the, and the first goal really summed up how good Alanga was down that left-hand side. As I say, we touched on the, the link-up that he had with, with Toffolo. But, I mean, how good was the finish really from, from Ireland? Because, you know, I've watched that goal back now several times. And you think when the ball comes out to him, I mean, how many times have we seen players in a Forrest shirt be in a position like that and spanner it over the Bridgeford end, and and he's absolutely taken that goal superbly well. And I think I was going to bring, I was going to talk about your man uh, Mangala, Mangala a little bit later on, but I'll bring him in here actually because Mangala's strike was also a, a superb strike, albeit a bit of a goalkeeping error. But when he's he's hit it so hard that and he's got keepers made a hash because he's gone with the wrong hand. They tend to do these days, but. He, he, but both players, the reason why I brought Mangala in here is that both players, Mangala and Aina, probably deserve their goals just for their performances season to date. I think both of those have been absolutely outstanding. Probably two of two of our better players so far this season. And, and I was chuffed for them both yesterday because both were brilliant goals. Two assists for Harry Toffolo as well. We'll talk about him in a minute. But... Brilliant first goal. What a start and um, what a start to both the first half and the second half. I mean, Forrest couldn't have asked for anything more, could they? No, I mean we, we've seen that a lot actually. I think this season, uh, where where Forrest have started games off really well, where they have a, a really strong opening 15, 20, 25 minutes, whatever. The difference in other games is that it boils off to the point where Forrest then shoot themselves in the foot, and and your question mm. is why aren't they able to control games? Or, or take you know take the game two teams for for longer periods of time, whereas in this one they managed it so much better, and I think that comes a lot from they pressed Aston Villa a lot better. I think one of the criticisms from the Liverpool away game, for example, albeit you know you, you can debate whether that would have been a good idea or not, but one of the criticisms criticisms was why don't Forest you know press. You know, when you see other teams doing it, especially in the modern day, why aren't they pressing teams more? And I thought their midfield, especially Dominguez and, and Sangare, pressed pressed Aston Villa very, very well. Look, it probably helps that they played such a, a high line, but you know, I, I think Forest Forest managed that very, very well, and I think that's why, albeit. We've seen them start games well without maybe getting the goal as well, which doesn't help. Forest have really struggled to 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 really finish um, some of the chances that they've had. They've scored the goal and they've carried on being able to mm. to control the game a little bit better than what they have done in some of those other what you might call it easier games on paper. Um, and and the finish by by Ina was 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 fantastic. It really. Uh, 
he's a professional footballer playing in the Premier League, but a really professional finish for 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 a fullback as well. Um, you know, if that was Dominguez, that probably would have ended up in the McDonald's <laughs> behind uh, the Bridgeford to them. Bless him. Boy, yeah, um, yeah, bless him. Yeah, I'll get a lot of. I'll probably get criticised for that because he scored a brilliant header uh, earlier on in the season. But I don't think he's a natural natural goal scorer. His record so far in his career would say that. Albeit a fantastic player, that would be fan of caveat that. And Mangala, yeah, I mean, his shot. I think you know very much deserved. I think he, I've looked. Some of the clips, and he talks so much about scoring that goal at Leeds. And I think, bless you, mate, like that goal at Leeds meant nothing really in the end. Well, bless you, no, it was a lovely, it lovely down, finish. But Leeds yeah. away last year, I mean, wasn't it a highlight? But, um, but you know, he loved it. And I imagine, I mean, and let's not forget the fact with that as well, it came at such a poignant time in the game for, for the applause. Um, for, for the Nottingham Panthers player, Adam Johnson. So, uh, brilliant timing. He's a huge, well, I don't know if I call him a huge Panthers fan, but he's he certainly a, a friend of the Panthers there. and he goes yeah. a lot. Yeah, so, um, and obviously everyone talking about the Johnson middle name that he's got as well. So, I mean, it's kind of written in the stars, really. But, I mean, fair play to him for, for trying it. It was a good strike. It was poor by by uh, the Aston Villa keeper. But, but at the end of the day, if you don't buy a ticket... So, so you know, look, it was a it was a good strike and a lovely finish, and um, I think well deserved, just in terms of uh, an applaud to his performances so far this season. I won't talk about him too much because I've spoken about him a lot. But he's <laughs> definitely gone right up there, in my opinion, to one of the most respected, um, consistent performers in, in in the Forest squad, definitely. I just want to pick up on what you were saying there about the press that, that Forrest uh, had yesterday on Aston Villa because I thought it was really smart as well. You can see what Villa was trying to do. Villa wanted Forrest to rush in at every opportunity and press them high up the pitch because they fancied their chances of getting in behind the Forrest defence as well. They, you, you know that. You, you know what what uh, what they're all about with, with um, Watkins up top, etc. Forrest were clever though because when Villa were playing that game of cat and mouse and there were points in that first half that were pretty dull in reality of Villa literally just standing in the middle of the park with the ball, waiting to entice Forrest on. And Forrest weren't having it. Forrest knew when to press. They were smart about when to go after Villa and when to close them down. And I thought that was one of the most impressive parts for me because we've seen with, yeah, Dominguez, Sangara and Mangala, that they're all about that. They're all about the press. They're all about getting high up. They're all energy. I mean, Dominguez is literally must cover I mean, every braid I mean, of bass. Dominguez, but... I reckon you could have played another 90 minutes and he'd still be running all over the place. And I'd be like, he's like a kid after you've just given him a dip dab or something like that or a flump. <laughs> like, but with yeah. Dominguez, you're going to see it, aren't you? Because I think there was a surprise against Luton that Dominguez was the one that came off. The surprise, I think Liverpool last week, Dominguez was the first one to come off. Sangari played 90 minutes. And obviously yesterday again, Dominguez, he runs himself into the ground. I think that's going to be a pattern. I think Yamangala and Sangari might stay on the pitch more often for 90 minutes than Dominguez, purely because of the type of player that, that Dominguez, I'm not saying he hasn't got 90 minutes in the tank, he'll gradually no, I've, I've, get there, but I think you, you could, him and Yatesy maybe doing a bit of an interchange there might actually be the way that that works moving forward. Let's not forget, how good was it, by the way, to see Danilo back? Absolutely mm. brilliant to see Danilo back. He's another one. He's another one who could be huge in this next run of fixtures for Forest. But Forest are blessed with midfield options. But that's what it's all about for Forest, isn't it? Dominguez will do you a shift, and then he'll probably come off for twenty minutes and let someone else come and do, come on and do the same. Well, I think that's almost why Dominguez has fit in so well so far because mm. his fitness levels 
you know, he's slotted it right into the Premier League. That's often the problem that has come when Forest have signed players or brought players through or whatever, is that the fitness levels aren't quite up to Premier League standard. But but he seems ready, you know, for it. And let's not take anything away from uh, Sangare or Mangala. I thought Sangare pressed also fantastically well, probably just not quite up to the bulldogish levels of, of Dominguez at times and his aggressive, you know, he's got quite an aggressive Different player though, isn't he? Sangare yeah. was, what Sangare was really good at yesterday, I think it was his best performance in a Forest shirt as well. I just think those three are brilliant, but Sangare was about the interceptions. How many times does he break up play? Mm. But and, I think that's what he will be bring, about. Go. But I think that's what he will be about, you know, that... Look, I'm not saying he's had the perfect start to his Forest career. There's always going to be high expectations of a player when they're your, you know, they're your marquee signing, right? There's going to be the pressure's going to be high. Yeah. It was the same for Gibbs White last season. We've spoken about this before. It's still going to take him time to 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 gel in, just like any other player of any other quality. And also in the position that he plays in, I'm hoping people were expecting for Adam Ronaldinho. You know, what I mean, he's not that kind of player. The player that you're always going to get is someone who, who who's all about what you just said is intercepting play. Because Forest didn't have that last year. Forest no. lost a lot of games and lost control in a lot of games because their midfield was so soft and that's not a criticism of the individuals that played in it but they didn't have the right combinations they didn't have the right players for certain games and and they just teams just passed through it you know it's so easy and I don't think you'll see that this year I think you know one of the main things people are seeing is that central midfield is looking so good it's not perfect yet but you're asking a completely different combination of three players to come together early on in a season I think we've seen some very good signs but that's going to take still a little bit longer to, for those individuals to get everything perfect. But there's uh, certainly some, a lot of positives, I should say, so, so far. I, I love that midfield three at, at the minute. Would I have, at, at the close of the transfer window, would I have expected that midfield three to be our three right now? Probably not. Obviously, I think Danilo coming back in offers a different dynamic. Well, think, and there'll be games yeah. where he might even play all four. I'll come on to that for West Ham in a minute. But th- there might be times that he deploys four. There might be times where it- he'll mix it up a little bit. Danilo will come in. Yates, he's still got a role to play. Um, let's not forget about Santos. Not had a kick, but I can't. you, you can't see where he's going to get a kick, let's be honest. Well, the so, Chelsea fans will be there protesting. Ooh. Yeah, well, let's not. But, but and the thing Fabrizio. is... Well, Fabrizio, he can pipe it. He'll have plenty to talk about Forest soon anyway. It's early January. But um, it's it's... Those, that midfield for again, the people that were texting me last night saying what a performance that was from Forest all commented on all of the, you know, a lot of the players that they wanted to talk about were, were the free in midfield. And I think they're getting better every, every, by game by game, they're getting better. They're understanding each other. They, I just think they, 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 they share a lot. They, they share some similar characteristics, but I think they've all got different abilities that complement each other well. I think as Forrest go on now and in this next run of games, I think I think you're going to start to see the best of that midfield three. I think you'll probably start to see the best of that midfield three post-Christmas. I think, you know, they've had half a season then to try and understand, you know, where they're at, that they gelled. I just, I feel like that midfield three are going to cause teams a lot of problems. And, and again, the spine of the team, if you think, you know, if you can keep a one-year fit, we just talked about the strength that we've got at the back. Yeah, it's a real positive for Forest now because they've got options, as I say, in that midfield area as well. Oh, definitely. Definitely, yeah. I think um, they've got so many options. As you say there, Danilo coming back, I think is huge for Forest. I think that's absolutely massive because 
and it's quite easy to forget. I don't think he had the greatest start to this season. Not, you know, huge, huge criticising him. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But he had a brilliant end to last season. I think he's such a talented player. I, I mean, I, I, you know, you said we're going to speak about it for the West Ham game. I could see him playing in front of, of those yeah. three. I can, see him coming, I can see him coming in for the West Ham game for, for an anger. And him playing, playing, playing Danilo Gibbs White behind a one year, you definitely yeah. see that happening. And I, and he was brilliant at that. Bearing in mind, what 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 is so surprising is, is how Steve Cooper is utilising these players and how you know what they brought isn't necessarily what they what they were brought for isn't necessarily what they're bringing to the side now. So Danilo was brought in as a as a holding midfielder as a number six at that time, young young man fresh into the Premier League, was utilised more often than not as a number 10 last year. Sangare isn't operating as the, the six that we were unnecessarily anticipating being, and what we thought we'd bought him for. He might eventually end up going back there. He's obviously learning his trade again. It's very different to, to playing in um, in Holland, and he might end up being that solid six that you expect. But at the minute, he's playing a little bit further forward, similar to Danilo think- last year. And I think uh, Mangala's playing that role yeah, probably better agree. than we all would have thought he would have been. Because I don't think necessarily when he came in, we saw him as a necessarily that kind of player. I think we saw him maybe as, as probably where Sangare is playing now. Um, but I think Sangare can play there. I think Sangare can do yeah. that 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 box-to-box midfield role, if you like. If you've got Mangala sitting in and Dominguez and Sangare going box-to-box, I think it works really well. But it's just it's great. I've lost, even in the promotion season, you know, I still think our, we looked out with injuries. I don't think our midfield was was, was fantastic during that spell beyond Yates and, and Garner. For years and years and years, the midfield area for Forest has been a, a huge problem and never really been reinforced the way it should be. Can't say that now about Forest. I think the midfield area is probably their, their biggest strength in the side and, um, yeah, I think it's great, and I think it's um, testament to the recruitment, testament to the players as well. They all seem to be working hard for each other in the middle of the pitch as well. And um, yeah, long may it continue. But I mean, you can bring people off the bench. I mean, I thought the subs yesterday had an impact. Obviously, Steve Cooper, a couple of subs he wanted to make, a couple of subs he was enforced to make. We've talked about Danilo. One lad I do want to talk about who came on and, and had a brilliant five or ten minutes was Nico Williams. I, I think coming on in that left-back spot, and, and and I love Nico, and I can see you smiling, but he genuinely did have a brilliant cameo appearance because he won everything. He was getting involved. There's a couple of blocks where the, the ball kind of ricocheted off the Villa attacker and went out for a goal kick. Really important blocks at that time because you felt, you did worry if Villa had got one, whether that, you know, the memory of what happened against Luton is quite fresh on the surface. But I don't think you can fault Nico. You know, Nico has got things that he still needs to work on. He's a young lad still. Let's not forget that. I think he's been around for a long time. We've seen him more often than not in a Wales shirt where he's got a lot of caps. He's still a young man. But I, I just think playing on that left-hand side yesterday, I thought he did a really good job. He he, he was he came on at a really tough period and, and he delivered. Yeah, I think... Um... Yeah, he did well in, in that short period of time that he was on the pitch and, and he did what he needed to do. And I, I agree. I mean, look, it'll, it will always happen. It's not just a Forest fan thing. It's a football fan thing. It's probably a sports fan thing, you know. Short memories and, and, and you're, when you tune up, you're immediately thinking back to that Luton game. And uh, and 
Aston Villa get one and, and the, the floodgates open. I think Nico did well when he came on. I mean, the prime, I, I suspect that Nico might end up, unless unless Forrest are really short on numbers and, and not able to replace, you know, I suspect Nico Williams might end up on loan somewhere in January. But I think his, his, his model, if you like, is, is Harry Toffolo, you know, in front of him right now, because... I think in the summer I would have said happily get rid of Toffolo before all the obviously you know there was circumstances which might have gone towards that as well in terms of whether he really would be available, but but I think you know he he is the prime model for anyone like Nico Williams to look at because when you think you're down and out of the team you cannot look at anyone better than probably you know this might sound horrible like a horrible thing to say but the unfashionable Harry Toffolo because he's not. You know, he's not, I said this to you the entire yeah. on Sunday, he's not what any Forest fan will think on, on the surface of it is a Premier League player. Everyone's got it in their head, probably stuck in there, including myself, you know, that he was brought in maybe as one of those players that Forest signed last summer as a, you know, if they get relegated, he'll be there, good player for the championship. Well, it, you know, he might be in his late late twenties. It's a horrible thing for me to say these days. Late twenties, <laughs> and and, and uh, you know, people might not not see that as 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 usual for for someone to get into the Premier League and and start really blossoming, if you like, in terms of in terms of the levels of performance. But he has done an exceptional job since he's come in, and until he puts a foot wrong, that left back yeah. role is his. And, and and if if you're Nico Williams, you have to look at that because. Nico was probably thought of higher than him in terms of um, you know players that we signed last year and, and where they are in the team and in, in the squad and their importance. Well, Harry Toffolo is is better players have been signed this year and and I would say he's been fantastic. Love Harry Toffolo uh, and I said to you we said the same yesterday. I wrote Harry Toffolo off at the at the end of last season, started this one. Unfortunately, it was a matter of time before he would leave the club. Let's not forget he nearly left the club last January. And obviously injuries hit and Forrest obviously kept on him. And, and he stayed around. He did a really good job last year. But I think when we saw the recruitment overdrive in the summer again and we saw the number of fullbacks that Forrest were bringing in, I think everyone expected Harry Toffolo to, to be out of the door. And he's not. He's in the squad. And, and every time Harry Toffolo has been called upon, He's been absolutely outstanding. He never lets you down, always puts a shift in. I thought he was absolutely brilliant. Um, I thought he was absolutely brilliant yesterday. I know he got the two assists, but just his general all-round game, I thought, was, was brilliant. And I just, you know, even, you know, it's easy to, 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 to lap up all the stuff that happens on social media after the game, etc. But you can tell for Harry Toffolo, he absolutely loves playing at Forest. His family, I don't know if you saw the, the clip of his boys in the stands as well, singing Mullican Tie beforehand. Like, his whole family love the fact that Harry Toffolo is playing at Forest and they're really bought into it. And you can tell he's living his dream, isn't he? He's living to be a Premier League footballer, as you say, in his late 20s. He's just absolutely fantastic. But absolutely, that shit. I hope his injury, obviously, he went off injury, so I hope his injury isn't as bad as, you know, it doesn't keep him out for for any any sort of length of time because that shirt is his and um, long may it continue because, yeah, you need to, you know, Harry Toffolo's in the squad, absolutely brilliant. And, um, yeah, a comeback of the season, if you like, for that so far because he deserves all the credit there. He was he was brilliant yesterday. And he was there was a number of players yesterday when they were brilliant. We've already talked about Nia Carte, Murillo, 
Has he got any right to be this good at the AZ is? Because there, there wasn't much that he, he didn't head and didn't kick yesterday. I, you know, I think I can't remember which which paper it was, which reporter was going a little bit wild after the game yesterday, saying that Murillo will be playing in the Champions League within two years. You can see that he's got the temperament, he's got the class, you know, to be playing the way he is in the Premier League at his age. He's, he's phenomenal, isn't he? And um, he's just getting better week in, week out. I don't think we need to spend too much time on Murillo, but worth mentioning because uh, he he was so good. Yeah, oh, definitely fantastic. You know, like, uh, look, he made an error against Liverpool, but I still put that down to Forrest's setup in terms of, you know, if you're asking him to, to be that confident kind of player and that kind of explosive centre-back, modern centre-back, if you like, then you need a safety net behind him. Um, and Forrest didn't have that when when that mistake, and and there'll be more of those kind of mistakes to come uh, that that he made against Liverpool. But he was fantastic against Aston Villa. You know, for me, I, I put Nicarte slightly above him, but that's maybe because knowing me, there's a lot more people probably talk about Marilla than there is Nicarte. So I'm trying to trying to talk for for Nicarte on that one. But you know, he's been fantastic. And look, enjoy enjoy a talent like that. Um, when you know for, this is what we wanted when we we're in the Premier League to, to sign players like that and enjoy them, um, he will probably go at some point. I don't think we talk about that right now because I don't think it's in the immediate future. But you know, look, Forest have done some good business there, and it will end up being very good business at some point. You know what yeah. I mean? Uh, and, and I think that's all that needs to be said. But he's, he's performing very well right now, and, and long, long may that continue. Let's, as you said, let's enjoy it. It was a, a massive three points. It pushes Forrest into mid-table. And, um, you know, a little bit of a gap, if we're still thinking over our shoulders, back to the bottom three. It, it now builds that, that little bit of a gap and probably takes a little bit of pressure uh, going into to the next few games at least. And I just think, as I say, with the context around results at home so far this season, it felt like it felt like a big, big performance. And, I feel like the fans have certainly felt like it was a, a big performance. You got that different, there was a different atmosphere about things yesterday, wasn't it? The city ground was was back to its best. The atmosphere was sharp. There were times in that second half when, and towards the end of the first half, actually, where Villa were coming at Forest and, and Forest needed to dig deep. The city ground got behind the players and it, it felt like a special place again yesterday. And, it, and it's good to see that connection because I think there has been some criticism against, you know, for the likes of the games against the likes of Burnley, Sheffield United, Luton, similar to last year when we played Bournemouth and Fulham at home. Those games are difficult and, and it's a different feel to it because you're expected to win and they're against teams with no disrespect to those sides. They're all good sides, but they're teams that we've played, we've, we've played a lot down the years in the Championship. Aston Villa, proper Premier League club, big club, big history. It, you know, it, it felt like a big Premier League game which required a big Premier League atmosphere and the fans delivered yesterday. So, uh, you know, the games that we've got now in the run-up to Christmas that we keep harping on about, but there's some big games coming up at home. You know, your Brighton, Spurs, you know, huge games. Everton could be a Oh, that's going to be a good one at half past five on a Saturday as well. So it's going to be good. It's going to be required, but it, it helps, doesn't it? It definitely helps. Yeah, those half fives help for for other reasons. I'm sure why they might be a bit, a bit <laughs> they, don't me, they, don't, they don't help me on a Sunday morning. I'll tell you that. <laughs> but but uh, no, I, I mean, obviously there was a bit of a call of arms and 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 the, you know atmosphere game. I mean, look, the games before the Aston Villa game. Again, no disrespect to the teams that we've played so far at home at all. But they're not 
probably sexy games, if you like, in terms of in terms of that atmosphere, your face when I said sexy games. Not I mean, good. Not good. I have to edit that out. <laughs> but, but you know, you this was a game. I think that that as you said before, back back about half an hour ago, you know, this game, a lot of the pundits wrote us off. And, and that, I think, almost, you know, does get the crowd going a little bit. You know, I remember Billy Davies used to say to the players, like, everyone hates you, like, everyone's against you, and that got the players. I think it's the same with the fans when, you know, you're playing a, a Man City, I'm not comparing Aston Villa to Man City, but, you know, one of those sides at the, the top end of the table where everyone's writing you off. Crowd just get a bit more because they're like, well, we'll prove you wrong, and we'll try and try and uh, roar this crowd over the line. I don't think there's anything wrong with the atmosphere. Look, we want the atmosphere to be top class every single week, and rightly so. You know that we we put pressure on ourselves as fans as much as the the pressure that the players feel and Steve Cooper feels, and and that's the beauty of what's happening at Forest at the moment in terms of this kind of one one team one club mentality between all the different different you know areas of the club, but. I don't think there's anything wrong too much in expecting Forrest to perform in in those games when the atmosphere isn't maybe quite up to the level for, for whatever reasons they may be. But look, it was a it was you know a really good atmosphere against Villa. There'll be more of that to come, I'm sure, in the lead up to Christmas. I reckon there'll be some really good atmospheres in the lead up to Christmas. Um, but but I wouldn't also put put too much pressure on ourselves in 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 damning the, the performance of, of 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 the crowd in in the games before that. But it it, it was good yesterday. Right, let's talk about West Ham. Oh, I like this. This is a big game, big game for me, Tom. This one, I might have mentioned it before on the pod. Um, I had the misfortune of getting on a train last week when they were uh, at home to Arsenal in the League Cup, and I, I didn't like it. I didn't like it, but. It's a big one. It's a big game. Good. This is a good opportunity, I think. This one, and I think, let's you know, Forest had a miserable trip there last year. Lost four nil, conceding four goals in what the last fifteen minutes. Really didn't see that that coming. But Forest really just completely went to pot in that last fifteen minutes there last year. Um, they'll be hoping for for far better this time around. West Ham, they're in a bit of a tricky spot in the league, aren't they? They've lost the last three including a 1-0 defeat to, to Everton last time around at the London Stadium. They've got a small matter of Olympiacos on Thursday night, which I find really intriguing in the Europa League. Um, so they're going to be coming off a, a really tough week. Oli obviously beat them out in Greece two weeks ago, 2-1 as well. So it's kind of really well set up is that group. And, and West Ham will need to, to get something against Olympiacos on Thursday. Um that adds a little bit of extra spice to this one, doesn't it, in terms of Olympiacos going there first. I'd love to be a fly on the wall of uh, potentially what Mr. Marinakis might be saying to some of those players. There's a young lad called uh, Jared Bowen who probably needs booting uh, 20 feet in the air, please. Might be something on those lines. But it, um, it's got a fib- Not from our end, because I think given the result this weekend, that pressure subsided, as I say. But certainly from a West Ham point of view, it's got a similar feel going into this one as, as last time round, hasn't it? Where David Moyes and Steve Cooper were both under pressure. At that time, David Moyes slightly more so than, than Steve Cooper. But, and again, saying this time around, David Moyes will be under pressure. If he doesn't get a result at home to Olympiacos on Thursday and then Forrest come calling on Sunday, is it a must win for West Ham at this stage of the season? They're still not badly placed, but there's the, the you know, I know obviously they won the, 
European Cup in inverted commas last season, which obviously bought him a lot of goodwill and a lot of time. But they've they've not been great in the league so far. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I think it is a must win for him. I think it is. I, look, we've spoke about this before. I think there is a similar feel to it. I mean, when we went into the West Ham game last year, I think Forrest had a good start after the World Cup break. Maybe just lost to Fulham, um, if I remember rightly. I could, yeah. have, could have got that the other way around. Um, and then, obviously, went to West Ham and, and, and David Moyes was hugely under pressure. Um, and I think we were all feeling if Forrest won this one, that was probably him out the door at West Ham. They then obviously kept him. They, well, the rest is history. They they beat us. They they won the the fake uh, European Cup, um, and, um, and and yeah, I, I almost feel like it, it's similar again. I'm not sure if the the amount of pressure on him at this stage is anywhere near the same level as it was when we played him last season. But there certainly is a you know a a current a feeling of of. Things aren't going quite as as planned. So well, far. you think you think we've got expectation at our place? Jesus Christ! Yeah, you... this lot have got uh, have got uh, uh, expectation of, of grandeur. So yes, the pressure isn't anywhere near as high as it was last year. Because let's not forget, West Ham were hovering just above the the bottom three. It's a different type of pressure. But I think there was an, almost an expectation from West Ham that they would kick on this season, especially given some of their signings. They actually recruited really well, let's be honest, after losing um, their, their talisman, if you like, um, in Declan Rice over the summer. But they did recruit well. So I think that probably raised the bar and they had a, a, a good few opening results. But it's all started to dwindle away. And, if, and as I say, if, if, Tom, they get beat by Olympiacos on Thursday night, at home, I mean, that really does set it up nicely for Sunday. And my question to you was going to be, does it, you know, even if he's not as, under as much pressure as his time last year, or sorry, last time we played him down there, does that even work? Does that work in our favour? Or is that one where you think actually they, they get they get themselves fired up and they could be more of a dangerous animal because of it? Well, I thought, obviously, they, they won in the cup. And then yeah. they were ahead against Brentford at the weekend, and I thought, "All oh, right, here we go." They're the, you know, they've had a bit That'd of a right. period. Here we yeah. go again. But they seem to just fall apart against Brentford. I, I have to be honest; I haven't, I haven't watched an awful lot of that game, so I can't say whether West Ham Not played, the classic. played Not well the classic. Or, or or whether it was they they were rubbish and, and uh, just just fell apart in a game, but. But there's something not right there. And, I, you know, I don't know whether it is just being lazy, but obviously they started off well and the European games have taken their taken their toll a little bit on them. Um, I, the one thing I think works in Forest's favour is, and it's not because it's Olympiacos, although, yeah, get the, get the <laughs> old booth in is whatever you're saying. I think it, it works in Forest's favour that, that it, there is a European game. game before yeah. this weekend and it is, it is an important one. Yeah, but then again, you know, sometimes that that works against you because if Forest get it, if Forest get it, if West Ham get the result, then they will be on cloud nine. So, yeah, it will be. Yeah, it's a big European game as well. They're not playing a load of Danish fishermen, are they? Do you know what I mean it's no. a, it's a, it's a, it's like they did last year to win the damn thing? But um, it's uh, it, they're playing a good side. I, I think they've got some good players. Let, let's not let's not hmm. do the reason they got you know, Bowen. Kudos, they got Ward Prowse, Antonio still knocking about, bless him. Um, so they they have got some good players. We know that Ward Prowse is obviously delivery. We don't want to be giving too many free kicks away in and around the box, do we? That's for sure. Um, it's it's Forest still needs to improve away from home. Forest have been good away from home, but obviously they've only beaten Chelsea. 
this is a good opportunity, as I say. The reason why I said that at the start is that, you know, they were unlucky not to beat Palace, but obviously it was a decimated Palace side. Forest have got a good chance here to go down there. They'll want to right some wrongs from last season. And it's, it's probably not a bad away game because if you can start off well, which Forest have in, in a lot of games, as you just said, that crowd will turn on them. Like they will turn on, on the West Ham players. So you want to keep it tight. If, any, if you want to get yourself in, in front early on and, and, and use that to your advantage, it's a bit similar to, to many years, prior to you know the last two or three years at Forest where teams knew that if they got at Forest and scored early that the city ground could be a little bit like that it'll be the same at West Ham on Sunday and I think Forest need to to use that and in terms of how Forest approach it probably pretty much similar again in terms of um, a few of their away performances this season but I don't think they'll necessarily be defending as deep or, or, or maybe they, you know, I can't see Forest reverting to a back five away from home this weekend, they'll stick to pretty much, I'd imagine, the same team as as Villa, and, and just and just tweak their approach. In reality, the only changes we alluded to in the in the um, when we were talking about Danilo a minute ago is that potentially he might bring Danilo in for a langer, but otherwise, all being well and no injuries, same again, isn't it? Yeah, I think they'll that they'll approach it similarly. I think they could approach it similarly. To almost how they've just approached the last game. To be honest, I know it's away from home, but. I find it interesting, we spoke about it before, these kind of teams, these kind of games where you're playing a team that isn't neither, isn't neither right at the bottom, but neither, they, they're not going to be right probably, at the top. You know, no, they're, way, they're probably going to where we're going to find ourselves, hopefully, do you know what I mean? Yeah. But, um, but I think, look, they could approach us like, look, target target the Greek centre-back Mavroponis because uh, he didn't, you know, he, he said he didn't want to come to Premier League when, when we wanted him. Look, he scored an own goal against Brentford as well, so funny. But, Don't want him. Um, look, target him. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be really... I, I can see this being a, a, a tight affair, much tighter than last season, hopefully, but that's not bloody hard either. And, I, you know, I would keep a similar team and I would keep... The, the the captain's armbands to to Morgan Gibbs White I think that could be a, a you know a golden touch really I think in terms of giving him that extra responsibility and not you know hiding out in game I'm not saying he's you know hit on purpose but I think there's sometimes depending on how the game's going he can find himself a little bit bypassed in certain games I think the captain's armband um, it could be could be a really good touch for Gibbs White so um, I, I'd kind of keep a similar setup to to the last game you keeping a langer in them. Well, you know, look, it depends how fit Danilo is because, as we said before, I'd be very tempted to bring Danilo in and and maybe kind of, you know, the way that West Ham, you know, they've got Suchek and um, James Ward-Prowse. Um, you know, it might be nice to have an extra body in midfield, but albeit I don't think it would affect Forrest too much in terms of attack because Danilo's still brilliant at going forward, albeit they might want the pace. Langer to, to hit West Ham yeah. on the break if that's the way they're going to go about it. But I, I'd be tempted to bring Danilo in if he's fit enough. He seemed he seems pretty happy and pretty lively when he came on. So I'm hoping that's a, <laughs> a sign that he's yeah. ready. Got a yellow card pretty quick. So yeah, <laughs> fair, fair play to him. Um, give us a score prediction then for this one. 2-2. Two, two. Oh, he's gone for a Desmond. Mm. Um, I'm going to go 2-1 Forest. Mm. I'm fancying an away win. I just really want an away win here. Um, I really fancy for if, if we get an away win here, I do worry about my Monday, yes. I must admit. But um, uh, no, I do. I do fancy it. I do fancy. It. I think this is a perfect time to be playing them. Um, I think they'll get beat against Olympiacos on Thursday night as well. Um, 
And I just, I think Forest have got one in them from away from home. I called the Villa win, Tom. Um, so I'm going to go for a, I'm going to go for a two-one Forest win. So, right, let's end on our guess. Who last week's player was, of course, Uncle Albert Adoma. Um, what a player! Enjoyed watching him in all of his 15 games, whatever it was. But uh, I did, I did used to like Albert Adoma. Must Good admit, character. looks like a laugh. Looks like someone you want to play darts with <laughs> at the pub. Exactly, I probably put some forest up for a few years though. So, uh, right, this 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 week's player tedious link to West Ham. Uh, this player started out at Charlton, making 149 appearances. Joined West Ham in the summer of 2005, helping them finish ninth in his first season, ninth in the Premier League days. Uh, in that time, he also played and scored in that infamous 2006 FA Cup final, though he did miss a penalty in the shootout. He had spells at Fulham and Liverpool before joining Forest on loan in January 2011. In his time at Forest, he played just 15 games, scoring one goal. Um, after his loan expired, he signed for Leicester making his debut at the City Ground. Who is that? Oh, I think that's all right. I don't think that's too bad. It's not an obvious one. We could have gone for Marlon Airwood, Chris, Chris Cowan, as you thought, as we, as you thought I might do, but I've not gone for that. Yeah, sometimes people... with these players, it's difficult to pick what clubs you're going to kind of point out on the old graphic, but if it was Chris Cowan, the, the, the logos would have been pretty easy. It would have been <laughs> yeah, well, Forest, Yeovil, Luton. Good on him. What a man. Getting back in the coaching capacity at Forest. Anyway, that's less said about that. Let's move on. Um, if you want to email us, obviously you can get us at time rather on pod at outlook.com. You could follow us on X, formerly known as Twitter, at time added on pod. Please give us a follow uh, on Spotify and Apple. Leave a review. It really does help. Tom, what a good, good episode. That. I enjoyed that. I was looking forward to uh, to recording that one after yesterday. We need to get off anyway because this uh, – this Spurs-Chelsea game sounds like it's an absolute classic. All sorts going off. So I need to get off and watch the second half of that. But everyone who's going down to West Ham, we're going we're going there on Sunday, Tom. We're looking forward to it. We'll see a few people in the pub, I'm sure. Let's out for three points. And we'll be back, hopefully, with a smashing hangover on Monday. Come on, you Reds.